frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Maybe more. It has no real time limits making their way into your ears. First, from a place called Garniston, he is the Pyramid. Margaret Eri Fiend coming out. You stick on, stick that big lead, red light bulb on for a Fiend. And his partner, Fader Tapender Stevenson. Honky Tonk Man's going to take a bump for you. He's going to bump for you. I'm going to take the bump for you. I'm going to take the bump for you. Hello and welcome to Wrestling Daft. My name's Rab Florence. The pandemic is still gone, but that Disney stop Grado for coming running to my house, coming into my kitchen, sitting there to do this podcast. I know there's maybe social distancing, but fuck that. How you doing, Gredo? He's a cuddle. You doing, mate? You got a biscuit? Uh, yeah, hold on, I'll get you one. A big cuddle. Oh, oh big squeeze. There we go. <laughs> uh, that was nice. Uh, well, we have a, we've got a cracking show. We've got a former Impact World Champion, Sammy Callahan, is on the show. And, can and it's not the Sammy, I keep saying this, it's not even funny, but you know, it's not the Sammy Callahan for X Factor. Uh, you can look forward to Grado actually asking Sammy Callahan about that X Factor connection later on the show. But but uh, very good, worth listening to. It. A very switched on, uh, confident dude. He, he knows he's he, he knows what he's all about. Uh, so it's very worth listening. To. Have you been up to anything, Grado? I've just got to say, for five foot eight, he's he's a fucking he's solid man, absolutely solid. A scary wee bastard. Same height as me. So You're five eight. I'm five eight. Aye. I'm one hundred and seventy nine centimeters. Everybody thinks I'm like 5'2", because I'm in Burniston with Ian Connell, who's like six foot something, you know, and and Kirsty and Louise are both quite tall and all, and you know what I mean? So it's like, everybody thinks I'm short, because I'm just in shows with tall guys. And I realised that again when we were doing the Scots pilot, and I was standing there beside Jester and Ian Connell and that, and I was going, I've fucking done it again. I've cast a whole load of fucking tall people in my show. Just need to watch that, mate. Uh, let's check out the correspondence for the last episode. I love. Let's get to what the punters are saying because that's what this show's all about. We love the punters, don't we? we listen, mm-hmm. John. I'm going to say this again, producer yeah. John. We need to get more punters on the show, actually talking to them and interviewing them. One, so you see, one episode. We're going to have to do an episode where we interview some of the punters. Why don't we? Let's next week. Why don't we create a feature, a brand new feature for the show where we get some feature? Because we don't have time for features, mate. Because we're always having to interview all these big fucking stars. And I'm, and as much as I love Sammy Callahan and the Chris Jerichos and the fucking Shah Samuels and all these people, we can't just be filling the show up with big stars all the time because the biggest stars in the firmament are fucking sitting right here, me and Grado. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know RJ Singh as in the wrestler. Well, off the back of chat about asking a non-wrestling fan to pick six wrestlers in all for a stable, he asked his wife. So she said... Here's her stable, Stone Cold Steve Austin, John Cena, Hulk Hogan, Big Daddy, The Undertaker, and Jimmy Havoc. She didn't even pick RJ Sang. <laughs> Never even picked her man. RJ is great. I remember watching him years and years and years ago for FWA. And, he, and I remember working with him at, is it Future Pro Wrestling. He was over like, fuck, he's such a nice guy. FWA Frontier Wrestling Alliance yep. for anybody here. Anybody that you need to know your fucking history on this show. If you're listening to this show, you need to know your history. Aye. Now, Kurt Johansson asked his fiance. She went for The Rock, The Miz, Mar- Marisa. How do you say her name, by the way? Maurice. Nah, it's no Maurice. It's Marisa, right? It's Maurice. Is this, is, I, 
I work with Marisa, and she spells it M A R I S A. I call her Marsha for a laugh. Marais, the guy in Vikings, Edge, the one to do with death, the Undertaker. No, hold on, I'm calling that on that. There's no way somebody doesn't know what the Undertaker's called. The one to do with death, no fucking chance. No, I I'm believe somebody it. would say that. No, I don't believe that. Kurt Johansson, I don't believe this fucking happened. I don't believe this happened. I want proof. I want an audio clip for your fiance on next week's show to prove I want her to say that she said these words, the one to do with death undertakers. I don't believe it. It sounds like fucking bullshit. Don't try and go on your show under false pretenses, mate. But see, it is funny when, when, when people day mix up wrestling names or they forget it. I remember, um, I don't know if I've told this before, when we were putting up posters around Bells Hill and Conscience was fucking the, the daddy of Bells Hill. Conscience was a man. And uh, we were promoting a show, and one of the guys picked up a poster and went, "It's big chancer on it. It's big chancer on him on the show." And we're like, "You mean conscious? I, I that's him. <laughs> big chancer. <laughs> it's big chancer on the show." <laughs> and conscience was like the main guy, right? I, I, so he was like everybody knew conscience. This guy, we chancer. To, we should get conscience we on the show. Definitely should, mate. Should Con, if you're listening, he's a bell man or well bell. You're right. Aye, let's get big Peter on the show because he's a guy who was right there. At the fucking the very very start of this new fucking uh, what would you call it a new jungle revolution of, of revolution exactly uh, the new jungle me, of revolution mate he, he gave me a new for starts in wrestling I just want to ask Peter Big Con I want to ask Conscience if he ever dreamed when he was booking the Lowlanders <laughs> that Grand Bar was going to be, or as the, the newspaper said once, I'm sure, Glendon Bar, did they know? They're <laughs> 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 called Glendon Bar and something. Was it, no, that um, it was when Test Drive came out. Aye. And they fucking, they, they didn't call me Glendon Bar, but they went, um, B, the new BBC Scotland channel um, is going to start off with a, with a cracking uh, quiz show hosted by Glendon Bar. <laughs> That was that was the press that they used. I, and I was in one of the papers, mate. It was not the papers. I fucking raging. <laughs> somebody looked up. If they somebody up and looked up Wikipedia, and I went, "Let's not use his wrestling name. We'll call his real name." And one oh, website. <laughs> oh, went on an old fucking Geo Cities roster page. <laughs> <laughs> nope. How funny is that? Uh, ring the bell. Ding, ding. First time listener, Andrew Ogden, says really good and really funny listen overall. Uh, the Preston World of Sports proposed tapings did him over for 80 quid on a non-cancellable hotel. Ah, oh, fuck. It happens. Listen, fucking loads of guys had their dreams uh, dashed, so shut up about your 80 quid. And ring the bell <laughs> for another... For another new listener, TWF, Dan, love finding new podcasts. He's just discovered the Wrestling Daft podcast, and it's really bloody good, it's true. Really interesting chat between Sha Samuels and Grado Wrestling about World of Sport and how... Oh, don't let me read this again. Really interesting chat between Sha Samuels and Grado Wrestling about World of Sport and how all, that all came... Hold on, let me read Really interesting chat between Sha Samuels and Grado Wrestling about... World of sport. Right, fuck you, TWF. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not. Going back to listen to some more. If you listen again, you see there's another guy on that show. Uh, clearing up what channel WCW was on back in the day. Aaron says WCW was on TNT, which came on as soon as Cartoon Network finished on a Friday night. Oh. Somebody probably said already, but here you go. Friday. No, that's good to know. I actually got a, I got a uh, DM for the title wrestling promoter, um, Big Ian, and he said, Hope you're good. 
was listening to the podcast. WCW was on ITV Tuesdays at 2 a.m. around 1992. And he says he used to stay up and watch it uh, before he called his... He used to stay up and watch it and called his girlfriend in Detroit before she went to work. <laughs> um, I don't know if he wants me to see that. So that <laughs> <laughs> does, his wife, does his wife know he was phoning his girlfriend in Detroit? <laughs> I was just thinking, Irene, big man, shout out to you. Hope I've no fucked in for you with that. You know, bad news. Our friend Chris, right, has a, a listener of the show, friend of the show, has has really kind of kicked off our thread of the week on Twitter. He said an honor rab Zoom background with Glenn Michael. I have Glenn Michael as my Zoom background uh, last time. Always thought Paladin would have been a great manager. He says, what other mainstream celebs or TV characters would have been great wrestling characters? You know? Uh, ben Hall says that Ron Faye Sparks would be a good rival for Orange Cassidy. Do you know who Ron Faye Sparks is? Great. Yeah. He's no. a keyboardist for Sparks. He just had a, a very thin moustache and he would just stare and he didn't really do anything much. So right. that's a that's a very good suggestion there. Um, but also, no one for the young team, I would say. No one right. for the young team. <laughs> ben Hall is obviously about 64 years old. <laughs> Sean Cooper says Brian Blessed would be a great general manager or commissioner. True. That's a good one. Andy Muirhead says Derek Acora. He is deed right enough. He'd get possessed by the spirit of a random wrestler. Not necessarily dead from bygone eras each week. He did their entire gimmick, entrance, moveset, mannerisms, and a lot. You'd never know who he was going to be until he came out. Gangrel, Tugboat, you name it. I remember Adam Sheem said I should do like a Derek Akora gimmick, and I'd, I thought it'd be fucking brilliant in wrestling. But then you've got, have you ever seen, have you ever had a Clinton Baptiste, Rab? Aye. Oh my, have you ever listened to this podcast? No, is it funny? Oh, mate, Rab, you'd fucking love it. Please go and listen to Clinton Baptiste's podcast. I will. Max uh, says, Grado's boy Michael Barrymore would be a good tweener. <laughs> tween what, though? <laughs> right, keep going. Tween what? Um, Ken Aid Waterhouse says, the twins from Funhouse versus the Bellas has WrestleMania written all over it. <laughs> That's another one, another one for the young team there. <laughs> you know what? I was on Funhouse. You won that. I was. Shut I wasn't own it. I wasn't own it. But my school went and what it. My my, my class was at the tapings for it, and you could see me right down the front with my school uniform on. And I wish I could find it. I wish I could find the episode because I remember when it came on the telly, and our school was told this is the episode you'll be in. And we watched it, and I said to all my sisters, "You just need to watch. I'm on Funhouse this week. I'm on Funhouse this week." And for some reason, I was there. And when Pat Sharp ran out with the twins and stuff like that. I, I was all you could see is we me at the front with my school tie on and my wee hang mate and I was doing this is what I was doing. <laughs> we went on a wanking gesture. Accidental. I didn't realise I was doing a wanking gesture. But you could just see my wee horn kinda of going like that. I must have been doing a kinda of half hearted cheer, but it just looked like I was going wank, wank, wank with my fist. I wish I could hey, when somebody surely somebody out there might have access to the archive of Funhouse, that'd be great to get that clip. Go through every episode and see if you can find a wee wanking boy down the front. Oh, mate, I always wanted to get a show at the go-karts. Just one minute, I'd love to get a show that. Did it look you as good in call, life? You can't call the twins that. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why you win awards, mate. Right. Uh, Mick Bash says, The footy commentator who did Robot Wars was perfect for play-by-play. Barry Grant, top villain. Joe Mango. <laughs> Hot Rod style <laughs> Jim Robinson, neighbours again, would be an excellent, what age is your audience? Would be an excellent authority figure. Authority figure, that's fucking bad. Yeah, what's, see, Jim Robinson would be an excellent. 
<laughs> what about McBash? Is that that big, the, the guy that started doing Channel 5? Didn't fit my commentary. Uh, Jonathan, it's Jonathan. What's his face, Gredo? He does. It's on BBC now. Ah, oh, what's his name? Jonathan. Aye. So McBash is the guy that sent this tweet. <laughs> and I, the commentator's name is McBash. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you're talking about. He's got a great. He kind of. He's kind of Paul UK version of. Paul Heyman kind of accent, didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm it's a goal! Like, like, it talks like this in Channel 5! Jonathan Pierce, Jonathan Pierce. Jonathan Pierce, uh, He's over now, he's on BBC and shit. Blair says, Dirty Den, Dirty Den for EastEnders, Ultimate Heel comes back for a deed. He should have been written into the higher power storyline. Just appears with a hood down to, Hello, princess. And his finisher could have been the finger down the throat. Similar to this doctor, but then has to climax. What? The Henderson experiences Max and OB for Hollyoaks could have been a jobber pair like the Singh brothers. <laughs> Harry and Marv for Home Alone would also have been good <laughs> chasing the twins. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Harry and Marv for Home Alone would also be good chasing <laughs> the 24 7 titles. Riches. Triple John Dash for Brookside. What about, and he's good for the buried alive matches he spent two years under IO. Oh dear. This has been the best, best oh my God. ever yet. This has fucking cracked me up. Well done, producer John. Well done. You, you, you nailed it this week. With a, with oh my God. <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us about any of that or just random wrestling related stuff, get us on Twitter at Wrestling Daft, on Insta at Wrestling Daft Podcast, or just Wrestling Daft on Facebook or email wrestlingdaft at gmail.com. Now, every week we like to separate the good for the bad in wrestling. The Lynx Africa for the Lynx Java. How long did that take, John? Oh. <laughs> I, actually, I actually sat for a good 10 minutes trying to work one out for this week <laughs> I, good. I, I would need to smell both of them to know I've never done, I've never done Java but never I'm currently Java sitting next to Lynx Africa I don't know if you still get was Java it? I don't know if you still get Java Was that the chocolate one? No, it was, it was old school grey, it was mine before your time Oh really, right What did you mean, the chocolate one was weird, wasn't it? Did I actually smell like chocolate? I don't know, I didn't know it was a Lynx chocolate I think there was. Did you remember it, Rab? No, I don't remember it. I don't talk shit anyway. Right. Um, okay. Put over um, and put put down what you want to put over and what you want to put down, mate. What are you asking me? I. I'm going to ask you if you get any ideas yet. I've got. I've got one. I've right, got one. You go. I'll think, I'll think about it. Um, my one has got to be uh, the debut of Scarlet Bordeaux and uh, NXT. Can I just say she is probably the hottest? You can't say that anymore, can't you? No, that's not the reason why. But I, you're allowed, I think you're allowed to say that. I, think you're allowed I mean, to I, used to, I used to work with her. She was in TNA, man. She was well, well talented. She was great. We'd, we'd done great promos together, by the way. I mean, her were like really, really good. I had to, it sounds pure jobby, right? In fact, the problem is jobby, but I had to like pole dance in front of another. Get, listen, get her on the show. Get Karrion Cross on the show as well. If the WWE can't make big money with that guy and this woman, then they've, they've fucking totally lost it. They've he lost is, it. He's money, by the way, and he's so intelligent. Aye. I remember, listen, guess what? Can I just, you probably even know this, but see, he, he had one of the most interesting debuts when he debuted in TNA, right? It was like a part of a segment where somebody was getting a doing, right? And mm-hmm. you know, the polis turned up, right? 
and one big Polish guy was split it up and he takes the guy who's in fucking jeopardy and he takes him away for the situation, right? And then when, you know, and he, I think he's trying to make him feel safe because he's a Polish and that. And the Polish pulls out his fucking truncheon and just starts leathering the guy, leathering the guy. And it's a swerve that the Polishman is fucking, uh, that's crisscross. And it was fucking, it was well cool the way they did it. Like, it sounds cool when I'm t- it telling back. Cool. It, it was cool. well cool because you're thinking, who's this copper and all that? And then he just starts knocking fuck at him. It was really, it was a really good debut, man. Well, I just think they just, what you've got there is two extremely talented performers who also have an amazing look. NXT did really well, have, have been doing really well with their production. That's JB, by the way. He told me he'd done all that stuff, I think. Uh, and so, sky's the limit, I think. Let's go out and see what the punters are saying. I, I yeah. think I want to put over is that set in your house. That was fucking really cool. Yeah, that was cool. Mm-hmm. That was fun, wasn't it? Right. Yeah, and also I would have pre- sorry to cut in no, what had maybe Bunny, right? As I noticed that the Rock's daughter was in was was part of the crowd. I would have I would have protected her. I'd just maybe been fucking stupid, but think that's daft. Well no, because I think what what you'll be wanting there is I know you get treated any differently for any of the rest of the, the young team. You that's know? true, mate. That's true. That was a very silly opinion that I've had. JS Todd wants to put over that Todd Pettengill's still alive. Mm-hmm. I say Barry WWE no having Todd gear away a house at TakeOver. Aye. And what about, what about fucking, there was no Doc Hendricks? No. That would have been cool. That was a mistake. That was a mistake. But then he's probably shielding with this coronavirus. <laughs> he's probably fucking hiding somewhere. A stiff wind did blow that cunt out. Ludology. <laughs> See, he wants to bury the roll up and he wants to put over the eye pokey. Remember <laughs> that? Enough. Yeah, Mark wants to bury Brian last, who is Jim Carnett's co-presenter. Really? Ah, right, I know he's got... I really went to town on Jericho, mate. Well, saying that Chris Jericho has failed in everything he's done apart from wrestling, and that's why he always comes back. He wants to stop humming Carnett's boys and get an opinion he's in. Says you he. never listen to Carnett's podcast? I don't listen to him, mate. I don't listen to him, mate. I'd, I'd rather listen, listen to a dentist give me a root canal than listen to Jim Carnett's podcast. I'd rather listen to that fucking drill. That's what I'd rather listen to. Uh, Mark wants to put over Nia Jax. She gets a lot of shit for being a big woman and hurting people. Is it no the opponent's job to protect themselves? Well, her Whoa. stuff does look like it hurts right enough. I wouldn't like a crack off her. <laughs> Sandy wants to... She's always getting in trouble for fucking... Oh, well, we don't even know she's in trouble, but it's always on the dark sites. People were always picking up, oh, she's too stiff, oh, she's hot and folk. How do we know this? If she was, I kind of feel almost like that's her gimmick. There you go, exactly. Who's she, gonna fu- who's she going to injure this week? She's going to go out and fucking hurt people. That's, that's her gimmick. She's you're getting invested to- in that. You're invested yeah. in that. Who do, why do why does she, you know what I mean? Why are people bothered about it? It, they should, is it not their job to protect herself? I totally get what this guy's coming for, by the way. I really get that. No, I mean, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. And I think people are, when people are complaining about Nia Jax, then, you know, just fucking jabroni marks without a life. I don't know it's a work when you work a work mark, you're selling a shit. Marks. So, uh, Sandy wants to put over Karen Cross and Scarlett. What a duo. Decimating champ in six minutes was amazing. What stars for the future? And Sandy wants to bury the fact that Damien Priest can't get that big one. Can't see him being a big player in the future, but we'd love to see him go with Finn Balor at takeover. Keith wants to bury the crowd at TakeOver John Kelly and Cross's entrance. Um, 
naff as fuck when they were chanting fall and pray. Micromani's chants are no cool, are they? It's no fucking Killian Cross either. Why is he writing that? Did he write that? Or did you make the mistake, John? No, he's written that. Because he's that's Carrion. the kind of thing you did, John. Because his name's Carrion Cross, you know, which is quite clever because it's like Carrion Cross. He's like he's carrying a cross. He has a cross to bear. You fucking think about that. And also, it's like carrying like the meat, like the fucking. You thought about us. I've thought about it too much. <laughs> uh, and Keith wants to put over the In Your House set. <clears throat> it's like, that made me miss the classic sets even more. Best set ever had to be the Halloween Havoc one. Agreed. Maybe WWE should do that for their October pay-per-view and have a return of the big inflatable pumpkins. That would be nice. Jordy put a new WWE brand back in your house and using the classic style. Uh, although it should be 100% be a main pay-per-view. And once they bury Grado and the shy episode moaning about his arse ruining his big day. I just think that's a bit selfish. After all, it was his arse's birthday today. <laughs> <laughs> well, my arse is due to collapse in the next hour or two, so... See, that's a good joke, so I'll, I think Martin's in the, in the read for listening of the week, yep. yeah. Scott wants to put her Charlotte for pulling double duty and still putting on great performances and bury that backlot brawl. It's been the worst cinematic match so far. Utter pish. Uh, Aldo's Tash putting her Chris Jericho in commentary this week in AEW Dynamite. The event's not happened yet, but you know Jericho is going to kill. Might as well praise it now. Yep. Jim Cutlett and he's fucking repounding sharp because Jericho is, and he's he's having a, an incredible run. You know. He's having a great 2020. He is. Will wants to put all the NXT women's division. It's been outstanding of late. And Will wants to bury the lackluster booking in AEW. I've not, I've not seen any AEW recently, have you? Well, I've, I've kind of drifted in, in and out yet, I need to be honest. Mm. Sean wants to bury the greatest wrestling match ever tagline for Backlash. Too many reasons to get into why it's daft and put our horns forward for saving his life and in, in, in his dream last night. My hero. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about this greatest wrestling match ever, Pat? Are you need to film in? I don't know what you're talking about. This next WWE pay-per-view is called the greatest wrestling match ever. And specifically, the Randy Orton and Edge match is billed as the greatest wrestling match ever. So is it going to be one of these, as you call it, cinematic matches? I don't know. What do you oh, think? It's it's, it's, apparently it's been taped already, right. um, but I don't know if it's going to be a cinematic. Cause I, I don't think it will be because they did that at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I think, do you know what I think? I think it's a massive swerve because they've been, they've been talking this up so much. I think Randy Orton is just going to come out and hit an RKO and that'll be it. You could be right, mate. It could be a swerve because see, at the end of the day, they need to date Enton to get folk interested because, you know what, it's like some of that NXT takeover and stuff like that, right? It's hard to get into wrestling when there's no crowd, right? So they're doing everything to try and attract people to watch it. Like, they got me on the, the In Your House stuff. I wanted to see that. Do you know what I mean? So it's a gimmick. And now that we're yeah. seeing this great, greatest wrestling match ever, well, I want to see what it is. So, you know, some fucking marketing, really, in it. I think it's going to be a wrestling match in the squared circle in the ring, a proper belty bell wrestling match. But I think they're going to have shot it in a cinematic style. Mm-hmm. By which I mean it's going to look like a Rocky a film, Raging Bull esque wrestling match. That's, this m- is, that's my bet. This is your future of wrestling, the way it's gone, and all that stuff, isn't it, really? It's giving them a chance to experiment with new styles. You can't argue with that. The worst thing the WWE could have done is just keep doing the fucking same stuff, but at least they're experimenting. But do you know but listen, I know that's what I'm saying to you. Ian, I'm calling you a fuck's sake. 
fucking avalde that by the way <laughs> but do you know what all these kind of like cinematic style matches and stuff like that i'm like do you know you would be fucking good at booking something like that in for your creativeness see you doing something icw and booking like i'm mad Look at your smile, but you would be good at it. I really think you'd be good at coming up with some sort of. Well, like I say, I'm genuinely thinking about once this all this nonsense is behind us. I'm genuinely thinking of promoting a show. Right, why do we mean? Oh, just just well, I wanted the what I wanted the is a a hustle a hustle style storytelling wrestling show with just with mad stuff happening, mad characters, characters, knee wrestlers that exist. The new. Are going to be on that right, show. Right, there, right, right. There will be there, there will be wrestlers playing the characters, but the characters will be on you. But whole new. And a, is there a crowd? Oh, there will well, there'll be an audience. Um, right. I'm talking about once this mess is all over and done with. You know what I mean? Have you have you approached them? They any TV companies or anything like that? No, I've no. The feelers are out. Wrestling, daft wrestling. Everybody, calm down. Everybody. That's that, That's John's big. That's him, isn't it? Look at him. Look at him. He's oh. can we get wrestling daft. We can do wrestling daft wrestling alliance. Come on, let's do it. Like, come on. You're all g'd up, mate. I can see Everybody it. Everybody, calm down. This is what he's yeah. wanted, mate. Oh. You Every, know he landed this now, mate. Every character <laughs> is new, and fresh. The IP is all owned. But you, you know what I mean? It's like the IP is all fucking owned, fresh. Mm-hmm. The merch is fresh. So if they use it at Beef Community Centre, you're going to fucking sue them? 100% mate. I'll fucking put them out of this fucking business. If anybody works for me, it crosses me, they're fucking finished this business mate. So about the content, you can get more for Wrestling Daft to keep you entertained during lockdown by signing up to our Patreon, patreon.com slash wrestling daft. We've set up three tiers which you can choose to get involved with at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Gredo, tell them about Tier 1. Tier 1, Cruiserweight Champion, which is $4 a month on that. You get a Patreon-only chat community. You get ad-free versions of other episodes. You get early access, random bonus content. I'm sure I've done a wee kind of interview with, with John and her about the kind of... That's my life. Two, mate. That's Tier 2. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what you're missing when you get Tier 1. Forget about tier one. Fucking forget about tier one. Forget about tier one. I mean, uh, if you're on tier one, you get the video version of the Mars podcast, not important what you want to see and feature. That's a wrestling dip. But forget about it because you need to hear about this. Tell me about tier two, Gregor. So tier two, Intercontinental Champion, which is ten dollars a month, and you get everything in tier one, as well as a video version version of the podcast each week. You get a bonus episode once a month, which will be I've kind of sat down with John for a shoot style interview. I think it was alright, John, eh? Can you get that in tier one or no? Can you get that in tier one? You can't get it in tier one. Right. Just just make this clear, you can if you pay four dollars, you'll not get into this fucking interview. You need to fork out an extra six dollars, which works out about four pounds seventy six. So Okay. You know what I mean? There's no yep. point. Just fuck the cruiser with fuck tier one, go with tier two, right? <clears throat> um you get chapter one of the Grado story, it's just sell. So that's what we've called it. That that, that was I, quite nice, the Grado story uh, yeah. And you can join our Patreon pay-per-view parties. Tier 3, do you get my video on that? Tier 3, ah, you get everything from Tier 2 if you sign up for Tier 3, aye. Do you get my video? My, it's your sale documentary? Aye, aye. No, it's not a documentary. I was sitting here in the board room, but aye. Um, but it was good. I get really emotional. I cried at one point. Um, tier 3, you're the World Heavyweight Champion, which is $20 a month. You get everything in the previous tiers as well. It was free tickets to every live events. 
Do you know, if you've ever missed out in the past and getting tickets to live shows, <laughs> then sorry, we'll sort you. Uh, you get a free wrestling daft shirt, design of your choice, but you must sign up to a minimum of three months. Plus, you get to feature on one of our shows as one of our well. So, if you fancy becoming one of our patrons, then sign up at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft, as we would love to welcome you to the roster. You just made the list! Now, this week on our Patreon, we asked for you guys to vote on our list of Wrestling Daft. Remember, you can vote by signing up for $4 a month at patreon.com slash Wrestling Daft. Unfortunately, that tier won't let you uh, hear the Grado uh, documentary thing, so no luck. Uh, this week, it was Good Against Evil. As we asked, do you want us to talk about the greatest heels of all time or the greatest baby faces of all time? And the answer, of course, was the greatest heels with a whopping 90. That's right, 90% That's a lot. of the vote. So my list, here's my list of the uh, three best heels in wrestling history. And it's a very, it was, it was a very, very hard one for me to put together, let me tell you. Very, very hard. Because there'll be a lot of great heels and a lot of, and I, I do like a, I like a heel. And it's one of the ones where I've had to ultimately go, well, I need to choose this one, kind of, you know what I mean? But number three, it has to be Ric Flair. Now, Buddy Landell, it's so hard for me to sit back here in this studio Looking at a guy out here hollering my name when last year I spent more money on spilt liquor in bars from one side of this world to the other than you made. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling dealing, limousine riding, jet flying. Son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! Ric Flair is at number three, and you might think to yourself, why is Ric Flair no higher? And and I would understand that as well. I think when Ric Flair, Ric Flair playing a heel, you just slot him in there, and he's part of some of the biggest rivalries ever. He made some glorious baby faces. I think Sting is one. He not to spoil off whatever day the baby face last, but I think it's Sting. Is you know. I mean, that is just the, what is the word I always used to use? What is the word I always used to use all the time, remember? Uh, what was that? Quintessential. Oh, the quintessential baby quintessential. face. Quintessential. And for, for that baby face sting to exist like he did, you needed that Ric Flair, you needed that swaggering. Uh, and also, I met Ric Flair in real life and he behaved like a heel to me. Aye, he was the cunt to me as well. And Total cunt to me. So, uh, so, at number three, it has to was be. That the, you, hold on, was that probably the same night as me? At the Hilton? Aye. Aye. Embarrassing what happened, Barry. So it has to be number three, the great Ric Flair. At number two, it's a manager. Can you guess who the manager is? Uh, I'm going to say it's Bobby Heenan. Paul Heyman. Jim Cornette. It's Sensational Sherry. Oh, really? You'd swear that. I knew you'd swear that. There's nobody better than the Macho King. When you talk about the best, you're talking about the Macho King. Better that's, than the best. That's what I said. Tell them. Better than the best. Better than the best. Better than the best. Sensational Sherry, when I was a wee guy, just blew my mind because you... She could, and this very rarely happens, you, you could take a, a wrestler and put them with sensational sherry and she could just she could just twist you and turn you. Um, she had that 
a beautiful understanding of storytelling. She had a beautiful understanding of how to sell a wrestler that was standing beside her. And you just hated her. You just wanted the people. Um, but also you hated her, but you also couldn't tear your eyes off her. You couldn't tear She was gold. She was absolutely gold. I think she was really something special, sensational. Sherry, that's my number two. But see, I like that one, right? Because right, that, that's something that takes you back to your childhood and you remember going, fuck, I hate them. Which is why if I had to, I mean, if I was asked this, one of, the, one of my picks would be Stephen Richards. Wow. Because I'm 12 year old and I'm going to see boobies. Right. I'm going to see somebody put through a table. You know what I mean? I'm going to see the Godfather. Yeah. Wee, 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 wee. Mate, wee guy. Brilliant. You wanted Stevie Richards, did. We've spoke about it so many times in this show about how fucking great Right to Censor was. Aye, hopefully I fucking great, can't remember. A great stable. Uh, so my number two, Sensational Sherry. You don't remember the way she was with Ultimate Warrior and all that. Warrior! Oh, I love it, love it. Right. And my number one. I don't think there's any question here. As far as I'm concerned, there's no question here. It's I'm, 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 I'm intrigued. Oh, there's no, no question. If it's what is it, John? It's Vince McMahon, isn't it? It's Vince McMahon. Bye. I was, I was going to say Triple H. <laughs> I heard that chant. And I've been hearing it a lot. Just for the record, I'm not the one who's an asshole. It's all of you. Oh, good. Fantastic at performing the heel role. Uh, happy to completely fucking show his ass. Elevating everybody that he's up against. Uh, but also, that heel character that Vince McMahon created has been so influential in the wrestling business that almost every fucking promotion out there has done a version of it. The authority figure who the fucking baby face is rising up against. And that is that just created a whole new fucking angle in, uh, in the wrestling business. There will have been authority figures done in the past before Vince McMahon, I'm sure. There were heel authority figures and stuff like that. There was wee examples of that here and there. But nothing quite as massive as Vince McMahon going full heel uh, in that period with Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know what? I've, I've heard that in the last couple of weeks that when this Vince character got started on TV, he wanted it to be a baby face because it was shortly after the when he, when he screwed Brett at Survivor Series and he came on the telly to say, Look, we asked Brett to do the done thing in wrestling. Um, he didn't. He didn't do what we told him and stuff like that. And he thought the fans were going to go, "That's terrible, Brett done that." But the fans went, "Oh fuck you, man! Mm-hmm. This guy's done what he needed today. He's fucking. He's no sitting there for you. And you're also telling us that wrestling's fake." The big man thinks on his feet. Our Patreon, one of our patrons here, Rosh, says the million dollar man, perfect heel for the times. Capture the greed is good culture. He's America, a brilliant heel. Million dollar man. Mate, I remember. I remember we. I was in, involved in a match that involved the million dollar man in Kilmarnock, mm-hmm. and uh, we had to we had to put money down. I was fighting kid fighting. He came in and saved the day. Million dollar man, and he had like no money just before he went out. So I had to give him a fiver. But <laughs> 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 a fiver to kid fights fucking throat me a fiver. The million dollar man. Fucking fiver. Even his fiver. My father! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's been waving the air, probably saying, I don't know if this is a fucking 50 or 100. 
It's a fucking fucking fiver, man. <laughs> That's funny. Nathan says, Vince, you just had to hate him. Also, Mizzy was so unlikable it took years to realise what a good job he was doing. Great point. And we were talking about the best of the best here, but Miz is a fucking great heel. Miz is a great heel. And who currently is the best heel in the fucking wrestling game? And well, in WWE he's, he's anyway. Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin. Mm. Darbo says Jake Roberts was an out, outstanding heel, one of the best of all time on the mic. His heel promos were next level through. The feud with Savage was already crossing lines with knocking out Miss Elizabeth, but the Cobra attack on Macho was seriously fucked up. Our patron Louise says... TNA, I'm going to go for Bully Ray due to the whole Aces and Eights storyline and the aftermath. Do you remember that? Do you remember that whole... I was... Who's in Aces and Eights? Who's in Aces and Eights? But the remember? problem with that is I don't remember what happened to them. They, 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 pulled, they, they stretched it out too long. They? they stretched it out too long. Steve says JBL. He was the tail man, JBL. Fucking... That's a good pick, by the way. He was detested. That is a good pick. That's a fucking that great, great pick. That is a great pick. Oh, that's an annoying pick because... He could have been in my top three. Aye. I thought that, what a heel. He was detestable and was years ahead of his time as well, says Steve. A bigoted, southern-born, multi-millionaire Republican who was deluded as fuck would attract nuclear heat today. Remember, he was going to Germany and goose-stepping and all that, remember? Yes, and aye. Was, and it was always the stories as well. They fucking bummed something in the showers and all this, Kato, remember? Yeah, people were wanting to kill him. His stuff with Eddie Guerrero and all that. People right. wanted going to fucking Mexico and all that. And fuck, people wanted to kill JBL, man. But it was all these backstage stories that people were reading about as well, about how much a bully is backstage yeah. and stuff like that. So they were like, it was fucking... Listen, and I need to tell you something. I, lo- I love JBL on the no, ring. I, that, my... I love JBL on the ring. See, see a big fucking dude, man, with a big fucking lariat. Mm-hmm. That's what I want, mate. Fuck you, bang, he does. That's what I, I remember... want. We were at New Orleans and I was talking to him at the bar who was introduced me to him. Bruce Pritchard made me introduce me to him. And uh, I was talking to him about how he mentioned Rangers on the telly, on mm. Raw. Because I think he made a joke about them going bust. And we oh, spoke yeah. for a, a good fucking half an hour, right? This is yeah. I, I was obviously fucking burying him saying the one that didn't go bust and all that, right? I'm going like, you fucking blah, blah, blah. Or this carry on, right? I think I mind the promo. He was like, I want to talk to you about Sevco. Let's talk about Sevco now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you don't remember what he said, but I don't remember. I don't no, know. He, he fucking he was Drew was wrestling in a three man band, and he said the uh, Rangers the kind of team that went bust or something like that because all, all the Rangers fans were going bush anyway. I, I spoke was speaking to him for ages, and he was drunk, and he was steaming, he was brand new, and we're talking away and all that. Then the next day he was he was at Bruce Pritchard's show. We were backstage, and I was like, "How you doing, mate? How you doing? Remember last night?" And you've never seen a guy fucking one eighty change for the way he was the night before to his uh-huh. day. He was like. <laughs> Sniffed at me as if to say, fuck off, go at my face. And I was fucking devastated. I'm sitting there going, you know what, man, see if I just ran up and slapped him and got a doing. I would get in the fucking papers and I would date. So I was half cut. <laughs> great story. That's a, a, a great story. Don't, people need to stop disrespecting my pal Grado, that's what I say. Rodzilla says, Rudo is sure in for a shout for outside one of the big companies. Spent years as the number one heel in ICW. Huge heat magnet. Certainly ICW's Greatest heel, isn't he? Oh, mate, I absolutely, absolutely. He he is great. And I, I, he see when I turned heel, that was brilliant. That was such a good, good feel. Even though I didn't want to do that, I did not want to turn heel at one. But but I thought if I'm going to do it, I want to do it with Red Lightning because that was the first guy that was in ICW with you did, and we done that whole uh, cuddling on the stage. Didn't need to see anything, but it was fucking excellent. I loved that. I loved I loved working with Red. He is so. He knows what he's doing. See, when I do these Grado shows, he's a big part of it. He's a big part of helping me uh, come up with a show and run it. But he's a great heel. 
uh, and a shout out as well to uh, the podcast as well, uh, Anti-Social Distancing, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, Rudo and Jack Jester and Wolfgang are doing together. Mm-hmm. Shout out to that as well. Check that out if That's you good. can. Um, have a listen to that as well while you're getting all your podcasting in. Uh, oh, uh, so Pablo says Bobby the Brain Heenan, as Grado suggested, solid pair of hands in his wrestling days, great commentator that came into his own. It's the head of the Heenan family, no evil heel, he's always a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Anyone doing an insult or just say, see, that's the thing, Bobby the Brain Heenan, I, I love him, I love him, but uh, he's only just known my list because you kind of had to love him as well, kind of, you know what I mean? Uh, our patron Sean says Hogan is top of both lists, babyface and heel. Hollywood Hulk Hogan obviously was a fantastic oh. heel. Mm-hmm. Fantastic heel. Uh, Jardo, Vince McMahon's just a right prick. To a point, I don't even think it's a character. Easily the best heel for being so unlikable. Is that Jardo's? Jardo's that not the guy that signed for Rangers for, a, for about five minutes? Then he went back to Brazil. It might be. That was Jardel, was it not? Paul says Ted DiBiase. That's Ted kicking boys for kids, bouncing boys, paying RVD to kiss his feet. Buying the WWF title and then stuffing a fiver down kid fight's throat. Uh, John says it has to be Vince McMahon, all-time biggest heel. Randy Orton, by far my favourite heel, but would also say CM Punk, heel run in 2012, as one of the best of the last decade. So you, so you enjoyed being a heel grade, do you think you will ever be a heel again? Um, I don't know, but... At the time I didn't like doing it, but when I go, when I get when I get wrecked and sit up on YouTube and watch myself and watch the the promos that are done in Cardiff and stuff like that, I actually, I'm actually I, I like watching it back. It was good fun. It was good being because all I needed to say was I am the star of Impact Wrestling and folk with Garth or not because even when I was babyface in ICW, I would always get fucked TNA, fuck TNA, fuck TNA, and I always never knew how to react it. You know what I mean? Because if, if I bite, then they're going to end up booing me. If I, you know what I mean? I don't bite a lot like a dick for no... Acknowledging it. Acknowledging it. So I, it, was, it was good like when fucking Gnome, if I tagged with Gnome, I remember Gnome once, we were tagging with him and we were going, fuck TNA, fuck TNA. And he just put his, his horns in my ears as if to say, don't listen to them, don't listen to them. And that helped, that helped, that was brilliant. You know what I mean? So they would maybe get the referee today again. You know, if it happened to me during the match to go referee fucking covering my ears, I don't want to hear this. Yeah, yeah. But no, I really, really enjoyed it and I, I didn't want to do it. You think they made you heal at the right time, Grado? Do you think that was the right time to make you heal? Um, I don't know because I felt <clears throat> the night that I'd done it, I was wrestling in a six-man tag and the, the place was just going bush for me. And like, I think I remember Wolf even saying, going, you, you can't turn heel now. You can't turn heel right now. Listen to this crowd. Listen to this crowd. But Dallas had all these ideas and stuff like that. I wouldn't say I was 100% committed to it because at the same time I had to go on the telly and be this fucking children's entertainer. and So it was hard to, to, to date on Twitter. You know what I mean? I couldn't be a dick on Twitter. And that's where a lot of the where heels they look their work these days is online. So I couldn't really fully commit to dating mm-hmm. on the internet. Do you know what I mean? And then, I, I'm, then you know, one week I'm at ICW being the big heel. Then the next week I'm in Great Town Hall back wearing all the Grado stuff and, and, and things like that. So it was hard, it's hard to do that when you're, especially somewhere up here. But um, I probably wanted, do you think I'd do it again? I don't know. If, I mean, when his nah. wrestling's going to even come back? <laughs> you know what I, mean? I don't think you'll be a heel, mate. I don't think you'll but, be But, you know, I, I, remember, I remember being gutted that night and Kenny McIntosh, who's off the rope, says, he says, this is like the biggest mistake. He never tagged me in it, but I saw it and he's like, this is the biggest mistake he'll ever make in his wrestling career. So right away, I was like, I probably instead of being inspired, I was probably like, see what I mean? He's, you know what I mean? Instead of like yeah, fucking yeah. trying to prove folk right, I was like, I tell you, it was a bad idea. Kenny says, do you know what I mean? Yep, yep. Well, listen, folks, you can I think go. It was a big mistake. 
You did, didn't you? Yeah, I think it was a big mistake. No, I mean, I think obviously you, there, was, there was factors. I think, yeah, I, th- I think. Well, I'm getting crickets here. No, I, I, I think you've not got the personality to be a heel. I, and like you say, you, couldn't com- you can't commit to it, Grado, because your, your personality doesn't allow you, allow you to do it. Mm. It's like, you know, you're th- it's like Dusty Rhodes. I mean, Dusty Rhodes could never return to you, could he? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dusty Rhodes can never ever turn to you because it's just his, his, his in-ring persona and everything around him. It's hard to change a character like that. He, where mm-hmm. I don't think the crowd get invested. I mean, obviously they did with the, the fuck TNA and stuff like that, but it's hard to get invested, invest heel heat or, or even get heel heat when you're that kind of character. But it was also I'm, I'm going to I'm going to go further than that. I'm going to go further than that. I'm going to say that there are very very there are only that many wrestlers and the history of wrestling right who have been agents of change let's call it right that's what i'm going to call it an agent of change what i mean by that is like a hulk hogan comes through and the wwf just fucking takes off with hulkamania right uh, or even you know even like a john cena for example he was. He came in. He was an agent of change. He kind of dragged the WWF into another new period and stuff like that, and kicked off a whole new era in the WWF. Um, and Grado, you, you had a whole. You, you did the same thing. You were agent of change as well. You came in to British wrestling, and then you were you were at the centre of all of this kicking off. And I think when you're one of the figures, you you became kind of iconic in a sense. You're not just another one of the wrestlers on the roster who can, I'm going to do this now, I'm going to do that now, I'm going to try Aye. that now. You've became a kind of distinctive, kind of definitive character in in the fucking world that you're in. So you can, you know, so it's very, very difficult for you to do that. You know what I mean? It's one of the things, it's very difficult today when the wrestler is, it's that one thing, one guy isn't bigger than the company, right? But it's not really true in your case. You know what I mean? It's not really true in your case. And you can do that. I think you can do that kind of turning and trying. So let's experiment. Let's try and see how it works and stuff like that. If, if that isn't the case, but um, that's why I just I don't know. I don't think it was a good idea. But you know, I think ICW are a brave company. You know what I mean, they're always happy to try stuff uh, and they're always happy to experiment and stuff it's like that. Sensational, you know? isn't it? So I can understand why they wanted that moment where I did turn heel and become like the Hollywood Grado. And and you know cut the promos about being the telly star and I made this and stuff like that. So I can see the appeal why they wanted to do it. But Hogan could turn Hollywood Hulk Hogan because he had already spent a period where he was kind of in the bin. Mm-hmm. Aye, he was like, you need that, you need uh, that fucking period where you're a passe, mm-hmm. maybe he's a fucking animal. You're in the right. bin and you reinvent yourself. You know what I mean? But you weren't there. Aye. Well, it's interesting to hear that. It really is because it's something that I'm like. Fuck, was that the right thing to do? But and I didn't really enjoy it. But now when I look back, I'm like, God, that actually was quite. Cool when I watched some of the videos back, but it's as interested to hear your two takes on it. I don't doubt for a second that a John Cena, for example, as well, is often kind of went to sell. Oh man, how cool would it be to mm. just fucking run out there? I, and he probably did it all the time. He probably had that thought. I respect. I, I've always respected Cena for being the guy that he is. That he never turned heel, but at the same time, he was a heel. Do you know what I mean? When I, I remember watching him, I thought, Oh, Cena should turn heel, but I'm thinking. He already has a heel. 
because he's you know I mean he's the, 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 he's getting burnt, you know John Cena sucks. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It was enjoyable the fact that he never gave him the heel turn. That in itself is being a fucking bad guy. No, you know what they want. You're right, mate. You're right. Anyway, enough about you. <laughs> <laughs> you can go to Wrestling Daft right now with your very own Wrestling Daft t-shirt, hoodie, phone cover, trucker cap, trucker cap, or one of a range of Grado-inspired bum bags. Get them at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash Wrestling Daft Nate backslashes. On there, you'll find designs such as... Alexa, who is Graham Steveley? I'm a Mark. Crud. Chip, cheese and donor, mate. I'm a wrestler too. Did Alexa just kick off there, eh? Just came on, aye. And if you're thinking about buying a face mask to go to the co-op, we have them as well. <laughs> Has anybody bought any, John? There is a, a demand. No, it's not. That's, that's a not. fucking no then, isn't it? So check out <laughs> our range at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft or check out the links on our Facebook page or Twitter at wrestling daft. Right, guys. Welcome to the podcast. None other than a guy who's wrestled for my favourite company of all time. It's actually CZW. I bleed black and yellow. I bleed black and yellow. Uh, he's been in Ring of Honor, WWE, and Lucha Underground, and he's currently on the books. And my second favourite promotion of all time. Don't forget, I've wrestled he's for New Japan also, man. I've wrestled pretty much every New Japan, you've wrestled at ICW? ICW, Rev Pro, WXW, everywhere. And do you know what I loved? Um, who was in Chicago? Was it AAW that two days after you get released or some shit? Oh, yeah, yeah, or sure you, you never get released. You requested your fucking... Co- let's just like, get that straight f- that just now. Yeah, I quit, man. Yeah. Why did you quit? Were you getting bullied? Uh, I wasn't really getting bullied. I just wasn't myself. It was such a... I've said this in so many interviews, and I hate saying the same thing, but it's the I bet you did. One last time. Uh I became a total bitch when I was in WWE. I tried to be everything they wanted me to be. Uh, and right at the tail end, I was supposed to lead Sanity. It was supposed to be me, Madman Fulton, and Marcus Louis, who's a French wrestler. And we had actually pitched the name Edge of Sanity. I designed all the gear. We were getting ready to go. And they kept saying, oh, it's going to debut then. It's going to debut then. It's going to debut then. And then they gave us uh, – I gave myself uh, – I'm a very goal-oriented person. I said, if I wasn't doing something major by the end of the year, I'd already been there three years and I was going to leave uh, because I, I had to get out while still young and, and still continue to build my name. So they had told me, they're like, yo, uh, we're not going to pull the trigger on this till after Mania. And then I was like, you know what? Like, you guys have told me a lot before and none seems to come to fruition. So I'm going to go ahead and, like, peace out. They tried to get me to stay. And I remember uh, the, the the point that really struck home that, because they almost uh, – Matt Bloom and uh, Canyon Seaman almost talked me into staying. And the, the last thing that Canyon Seaman said to me was when I knew I made the right decision when he said, yo, the door will always be open, but no, I don't go out of my way to, to hire five foot eight white kids. Oh, and I fuck, said, fuck. okay, well, if you think that less of me, like mm-hmm. pretty much I'm going to go out and shove it down your throat and show you why I'm one of the top wrestlers on the planet. And I think I've done just that. Oh man, you've you fucking you've absolutely nailed it. But you know, I was I was listening to an interview with you before, and it was really interesting. I was just telling the troops before you came on. This this hacker gimmick, man, really that would have been uh, t- that that gimmick, that idea you you said that you know, Freddie versus Jason isn't scary, but a hacker, somebody coming in and fucking wiping you online is probably the biggest new move you could ever make. You know what I mean? Imagine a hacker fucking stealing your followers or deleting your followers and stuff like that. There's so much today that you can I mean, do. Everything's going on in the world right now. Social media is the most terrifying thing on the planet. 
is. Mm-hmm. It fucking is. It's, 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 it is. So why it would be a fucking great character? It's something I actually came up to with before I went to WWE when I was in Evolve. I actually pitched it to Gabe Sapolsky, and he's like, yo, this is amazing. Wait to pitch this until you get to WWE because this could be your character. I said, 100%. So when I got to WWE, uh, Dusty Rhodes loved it, and uh, he had helped me put a lot of pieces together, and we had a lot of dope things planned, but the office just didn't understand it. They said, why would a hacker wrestle? I said, well, why would an undead wizard, the Undertaker, wrestle when you really think about it? And uh, it was just something that just didn't click, didn't click, didn't click. And they never really allowed me to do what the character should have done. It's something they didn't want to do at the time. And now I see uh, I've, I've held it in my back pocket for years. I finally do it on Impact Wrestling. And after I've done it for eight weeks, WWE directly rips it off and does the exact same things we're doing uh, week after week on television. And for the people, powers of me, I've talked to many people there. I was like, yo, why are you ripping off my stuff? They're like, you know what, like, we didn't watch the impact stuff. We didn't even know you were doing it. To be honest, this is just what a hacker would do. And I said, I called bullshit on that. I'm like, come on. Like, 100%. I, I came up with this character and it doesn't bother me. Someone else is doing it. It's the fact that they're doing it right when I start to do it. Like I've held this in my back pocket for years. You told me it was a stupid idea. And then I'm showing it's working on television. You're like, you know what? We're just going to do the same thing all the way to the catchphrases from saying nobody is safe to saying uh i see everything like they're stealing term from term and almost shot for shot what our pre-tapes was in our build to uh, revealing the character and everything in wrestling is ripped off i understand that but at the same point like that really fucking grinds my gears see it's an interesting thing that because i, I work in the in the tv industry and when I started out as a writer i remember one of the things i really worried about was protecting my ideas like trying to keep my ideas locked down and stuff like that. And then I realized that among writers, there's a nice kind of, there's a, there's a good kind of community where we don't lift each other's ideas. It very rarely happens. It very rarely happens in writing and in TV. But in the wrestling industry, would you say it's a kind of different, is it a different kettle of fish there? Do you need to kind of protect your ideas? Because everybody- I don't know. I think if someone thinks they can get it on television and make it their idea, they're like, oh, we got it on television first. It's obvious our idea. Uh, yeah. Nothing against CM Punk, but you look what CM Punk did. He went and started calling himself the best in the world, which Daniel Bryan had been doing for years. Yeah. But CM Punk was the first one to get it on television. So everyone thinks, oh, well, WWE's the end all be all. He did it there first. He obviously created it. And being in the Performance Center for almost three years down working for NXT, I saw it time after time after time. We would do stuff in promo classes, building our characters, pitching our characters with Dusty Rhodes, and they film everything. And then three weeks later, you'd see them doing on the main roster exactly what we were pitching in promo class. Exact exact ideas, exact promos. And it got to the point where it's like, obviously, we're just an idea farm down here at the PC. So I just quit cutting promos with anything in my character. I started cutting promos on inanimate objects because I had seen time after time after time stuff and phrases I didn't say in promos or looks I had experimented with in developmental to try to get noticed to get in a better spot on NXT. And they'd just be given to someone on the main roster. I'll tell you what. I saw uh, it happen to Eli Drake. Eli Drake, who did not get along with the powers to be down there. He could have been a huge star for WWE. Uh, he had done the movie star character, the movie star previews, everything. Pitched for weeks after weeks after weeks. They shot vignette pitches. And then a writer directly told Eli Drake, this is nothing special. We can do this with anyone. Four weeks later, they're doing it with The Miz. Like, almost the exact same pre-tapes. 
that's nothing against the writers or the people. Like, I understand yeah. they are under a lot of pressure. And half the stuff they get thrown out gets changed or told is stupid. So if you see something in developmental, it's not on television yet. Like, that's a free idea. And it just sucks to the point, like, I don't blame people for doing that. But it sucks at the same time for the people that busted their ass to create a certain concept, don't even get the credit for it. Yeah. Sammy, you hear so many stories of talent going to the WWE and then getting fed into that system and being stuck there, staying there for a long time, trying to conform, trying to fit in, trying to do the right thing. What do you think What do you think is the difference in you and Sammy Callahan, where you decided that you were going to walk away, that you were going to know your worth and walk away? What do you think is the difference maker there in, in your background or coming up that made you I'm the not, guy that goes, I'm not, I'm not doing it? Person. I think the biggest thing was I wasn't just complacent collecting a really good paycheck mm. just sit and do nothing. Like, that's not what life's about. I want to experience. I, I want to be the top guy anywhere I am. And obviously, I saw that wasn't happening. If I was stuck at three, th- there was no inkling of them releasing me at all. Like, me asking for my release kind of came out of left field, uh, yeah. as what they said. But it was one of those things that I, I just felt like even if I would have stayed, I would have ended up on main roster. But maybe I would have, I would have been another guy just running after the, the 24-7 championship. Right. In WWE, if, if the perception of you is one thing, even though if you're something different, it's really hard to break that perception. Yeah. And you, you go, when you went to TNA, man, I've never seen somebody so fired up to, to really get involved um, in a company and make a, and make a big difference. And they really re- let you run with it. Impact is that still the case? Are you getting to the basically? Uh, the one thing about Impact is I was a huge Impact fan growing up. I ordered every Wednesday pay per view. Me as well. Uh, before I went to WWE, I wanted to go to Impact Wrestling. I did a gut check where uh, me and Tommaso Champa wrestled on it in New Jersey, and Jeff Jarrett straight pulled us out of the gut check. So, yo, you're going to be hearing from us in a couple weeks. You're going to be hired. Then neither one of us heard anything. <laughs> So that's why I went to the <laughs> WWE tryout and ended up getting signed on WWE because everyone dreamed to have that WrestleMania moment. But uh, it was one of those things that uh, I wanted to go to. When I left WWE, I looked at every major company. If you look at a span of a month, I wrestled for Impact Wrestling in New Japan. I could have probably went the New Japan route, but I didn't really want to go to Japan that much. Like I, I like being able to be at home. I like being able to be – uh, able to do my own things, like going over for a month at a time. Like that's great for some people. That just wasn't great for me with what I'm trying to do in my life. I'm trying to have other projects. And when impact wrestling, like everything worked out there, I realized I could be one of the people that helps change impact wrestling and make it great again. Uh, and that's, that's bigger on your resume than being a world champion. That's bigger on your resume than anything. If you can say, oh, well, Impact Wrestling, before I got to Impact Wrestling, I'm not saying I'm the only person that changed the company. A change of management was a huge thing. Like signing a bunch of great talent was a big thing. But when I, before I went to Impact, the, the company was in the grave. And I wanted to be one of the people to reach in and pump blood back into its heart with my bare hands and show that, yo, this company can still be something. And I think over the last two years, two and a half years I've been in the company, it's completely like blown people's perception out of the water and it's only going to get better and better and better and better and better. I think this year's anniversary coming up in uh, next month is going to be a big turning point for Impact Wrestling, especially with all the talent influx that's recently got. So what's happening with the film uh, with Impact? Well, before the uh, pandemic, like things were really booming and kicking off. Like we got out of Orlando out of the last two years, which I think was terrible 
to be there because it's like not even a real crowd. It's just a crowd from a park piped in and then some yeah. regulars that are they don't every know the tapings. Yeah. Uh, Impact Wrestling has been selling out most of the buildings they run across the country in Canada. Uh, they've opened up to Vegas, Texas, New York, Canada, uh, Ohio, and every show is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But now that the pandemic, like we're, we've been filming all of our tapings at a closed set uh, at the studio in Tennessee. Uh, they, they, and I was one of the biggest people in the pandemic hit. I, I put out on Twitter, I'm not doing anything until this calms down. Like we need to be safe about this. But once I saw the precautions impact wrestling was taken, I, I didn't have any fear with what was going on. They have medics there checking temperatures, checking everything. Uh, they made sure that everything was done to the best of their abilities to keep everyone on the roster safe. And they're still doing that. Uh, and with the pandemic hitting, like I said, we done closed arena tapings. When filming once a month, we usually film five episodes of television in a span of three days. So you get in there, get the chunk cut out, and then you're gone and not around people for the rest of the month. It's an interesting period, this, Sammy, because I think new wrestling fans can watch all of these shows and they all kind of look like quite similar broadcasts. The WWE don't have the massive crowds around them. They don't have all of that. Um, so it's, so it's an interesting situation just now because I think what fans are forced to do now is just to watch the shows and focus on the actual talent in ring, you know, focus on the work in the ring. Um, so, so it's quite interesting because I think you're seeing a lot of people starting to go, you know, once all the bells and whistles have been stripped away for WWE, you can see a lot of people have been losing a bit of interest in what's actually happening inside the ring, starting to gravitate towards the other promotions, I think. 100%. I think uh, it sucks this pandemic hit and we can't wrestle in front of the fans because wrestling really is nothing about the fans. They're a huge part of the show. They're a huge part of the business. But at the same point, I think with everything stripped away, people are now seeing the impact wrestling is just as high as these other companies. And we're, like on a story basis, we're one of the best storytelling wrestling companies on the planet right now. And people are actually starting to take notice. like Because impact wrestling doesn't book the same shit week after week. They are expanding and doing different ways of storytelling and character development. I think Impact Wrestling makes more stars than any other wrestling company. They're, look what they've done with Trey Miguel and Ace Austin over the last year. Two young guys under 25 that are absolutely getting booked to the top of the card now, and they can get booked to the top of the card in any of the company now. Impact Wrestling, sure, people still want to talk shit. Sure, people still want to run their mouth because they don't actually watch the product. Uh, Impact Wrestling doesn't get the credit over the past 15, 20 years that Impact Wrestling existed. I feel like they made more mainstream stars than any other wrestling company on the planet. You hear that, Rob? You love T. You, you love, I mean, Grado oh. has always been, Grado talks about TNA and Impact every week on this show. Like, TNA is, but Grado, you work there. <laughs> <laughs> I bet I fucking, but like so what Sammy says, I ordered it every week. I was obsessed with right for the start, June 19th, 2002. I loved it because it was something different. And Sammy, what do you make? Would you ever um, make it an idea or call or impact going back to being called TNA? Uh, I think either way, it's great. Like, I love the TNA name, <clears> but <throat> I understand why they switched to impact because there was a lot of bad taste and a lot of people was mouth of the name impact wrestling from the Dixie Carter regime. Right. Uh, that, really put TNA down in the hole and nothing against those people. It just didn't click. 
But uh, that's completely away now. That's that's the past. That's the past. I think it would be good to come back 100%. and fucking buffed. I think right now, Impact Wrestling, there still is that flair of TNA. Look what they're doing with Moose, bringing back the TNA Championship. Right, Impact cool. Wrestling will always be TNA, but now it's in a cool point where you can have like the Impact regime and the TNA regime come together to make something great. Is Eddie Edwards still taker? Eddie Edwards is 100% the undertaker in the locker room. Most respected <laughs> guy. Uh, if Eddie gets mad, you know there's something 100% wrong. Okay. Uh, you came to Scotland, was it last year? What did you make at ICW and the Scottish fans? Oh, dude, this is a kind I of Scottish podcast. Yeah, that's slowly right. become one of my new homes. Uh, mm-hmm. Before the pandemic hit, me and Mark Dallas had worked out a deal. Like There was, there was going to be a lot of Sammy Callahan in ICW this year. We had planned a huge storyline that was going to take the entire year. And hopefully things get back to normal because Scotland, every time I come, it's one of my favorite places to come. I think you and ICW are a perfect fit, mate. 100%. And it's one of the things I remember when I left WWE, Finn Balor was like, yo, you need to search out ICW. I think that'd be a great place for you. And I tried for years and like the schedule just didn't link up, didn't link up, didn't link up. Then finally, uh, Dallas hit me. I was like, yo, we got to get you over here. Finally, I got over there, knocked it out of the park and the rest is history. Right. Sammy, you said you had other projects that you like to work on. Have you got have you got stuff on the go outside wrestling that you're you're planning? You seem like a guy with a lot of plans. One hundred percent. I have my own company, the Wrestling Revolver. Cheap plug. You can check prowrestlingrevolver.com. All social medias at PW Revolver. You can check us out on the High Spot Network. All of our catalogs on there. Uh, I love running wrestling shows. Being a promoter is one of my favorite things about wrestling. It's a different form of gratification because you actually. Uh, seeing something you plan or wrote or seeing someone make it to that next level because what you've done to help them out is a whole different form of gratification. The same point, uh, outside of just uh, running my wrestling company, I launched a Twitch channel a couple weeks ago that I'm officially partnered with Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash real Sammy Callahan. Uh, I'm about to launch a YouTube channel with my boy, Madman Fulton, where we're going to be doing fake wrestling documentaries about characters that never existed. Uh, which is going to be called uh, Kayfabe Heroes. Uh, which Jim Cornette will love. Cornette will love that. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> How's you know, your relationship big, with Jimmy Boy? He's a big fan of Sammy Callahan. <laughs> uh, but no, like I'm not a complacent person. I'm not just cool with sitting around and just being a wrestler. I, I want to be a content creator. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be a businessman. Uh, because I'm still rather young. I'm 31 years old. Uh, and the world's my oyster. I don't just continue to build and build and build and build and build. I, I recently bought a home. I, 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 I paid off my vehicles. Like I'm in a really good spot and that's all because of wrestling. But now that because of wrestling, I can expand out and truly grow my brand. There are definitely, there are definitely a lot of guys who don't have a plan for anything else. Outside. You know, we're all going to get old one day. I don't, I don't want to work till I'm 65 years old. I'd rather be able to retire. And how do you feel, man? Are you are you are you hurting yet, or are you feeling good? Uh, I had a neck injury a couple of years ago, and it like messed me up real bad. And uh, throughout the injuries, like I put on some weight. I'm not gonna lie. I I, I hate how I look currently, but now because of the pandemic, especially, I the way I look at it, I when I was younger, I was a 310 pound kid. I was a big, big, you're fatty, big, fat kid. Well, you're fatty. I was huge, man. Oh, I huge. love hearing that. See, Rob was fat as well. I was beyond fat, man. I looked like Chris Farley, like straight up Chris really? Farley. Uh, that's why I got the name Sammy Callahan because I looked like Tommy Boy. Here, have you ever been mixed up? I don't know, you know, if you know this, but um, an X Factor. 
in the UK. Star was called Sam Callahan. Did that ever cause confusion? Uh, I get different Callahan stuff randomly. What helps me out is I spell my name differently than every other Callahan out there. Uh, and and that's all based off me having an OCD. Sammy with an I, Callahan with an I. It's I and I. Uh, I totally forgot what we were. Oh, yeah. I, I was a 320-pound huge kid, and I, I wanted to be a star wrestling. I busted my ass for years. And if you look at when I left WWE and a year or two out from WWE, I was ripped out of six-pack. But all that builds up for a while. I got real burned out of dieting and working out nonstop, and I kind of let myself go. Uh, and now, because of that, I've been able to get my body back to feeling good. I've been able to get my motivation back. And, like, over the past, like, two weeks alone, I've lost nine pounds already. I'm trying to get back into that ripped shape, but I needed some time to decompress. Like, yeah. and, I, and I understand, like, all these guys that do it for years and years and years and years and years. It gets hard after a while, but I feel like for me personally, like me getting out of shape for a year and getting my body uh, back to where I'm feeling great uh, was detrimental to my career, and now I can get shredded again and put yeah. the world on notice. See, when I'm listening to you, I actually get a buzz for you, just the way you talk and the, and, and the inspirations that you've got. But what, what do you want to achieve? What, the fuck, what do you want to do? What's the next big thing that you want to get done? Uh, I don't think anything will ever be enough for me. And I think that's what makes me dangerous in business because getting one goal isn't good enough. I want to be the, the greatest wrestler of all time. I want to be the greatest businessman of all time. And I'm always going to continue to learn and get better and implement the things that uh, I think make wrestling great. I want to be a major changing factor that makes wrestling completely inclusive, that makes wrestling for everybody. Because you, you see what's going on in the world right now, and I don't want to see that stuff in professional wrestling. You can, you can tell that, I think, because we've had a lot of guests on this show, right, since we started. And you are definitely, I would say, the most passionate when you're speaking about wrestling, even when that, you've probably done them out. good and bad at the same time. Throughout my entire career, like, it doesn't matter if I worked for TNA, if I worked for WWE, if I ever worked for AEW, if I wrestled for New Japan. Anywhere I'm at the time, anything I'm doing, I'm doing 110%. There's no half of Sammy Callahan. Anything that has my attention at the time is going to get full Sammy Callahan. And I think sometimes my passion gets mistaken for arrogance, which isn't the point. Like, I'm just a very passionate person. I, I cry during movies. Hell, I, I've cried during a commercial for a television show. Like, mm -hmm. anything I do in life, I'm 100% passionate about. There's no... Uh, black and white for me. It's one color. It's everything's full blown 100% of the time. But then, I mean, surely the wrestling business is the last business where you need to apologize for being arrogant, though. Because, I mean, that's when you think back to all the fucking greats, I, I kind of feel almost as if that's a bit of a problem at the minute in wrestling is the fact that there are so many guys out there who are like, one of the sweet, lovely guys, and, you, you know, when they're interviewed, they're modest and they're nice. Nobody wants to be pals. Yeah, it's, and it's participation trophies. Like, one of the biggest yeah. things, like, just because you're a pro wrestler, like, I see people, like, everyone should get paid the same. Everyone should get the same things in wrestling. No, you work hard, you build your name, you get more. And, like, that's, like, any business. That's anywhere in the world. But now in professional wrestling, I, I feel like it's a big thing right now that – Everyone's great. Everyone should be signed. No, they're not. Just because you're over on social media doesn't mean you're going to be able to go to a national television company and do the same thing. There's a huge difference. And I feel like a lot of independent wrestlers now have egos out of this world. Uh, and then when they actually get signed with a national television company, they're going to have to swallow a real hard pill of reality. 
Right, well, I've enjoyed myself, Rob. Is there anything else we can, what you want to pick up? I think that was fucking good. That was a good conversation. Oh, that was good. Did you enjoy that, Sammy? I'm really fucking good at this shit. It was good to hear, man, it was good to hear somebody come on and speak highly of themselves. Because we get so many people on shows like this, and it's a wrestling podcast, right? And we're interviewing people in the wrestling world, and you wouldn't believe how many people come on this show and are kind of, you know, modest and quiet and kind of talk their achievements down and all that kind of stuff. It's nice to hear somebody just come on and fucking talk themselves up a bit and, uh, you know, and know their worth. And you can see why you're the guy that fucking walked away for the WWE because you thought this isn't right for me. Because if I don't believe in myself, who will? Sometimes you got to take the gamble yeah. on yourself and roll those dice. Quite right, then man. I'd rather go down and be a failure on my own accord than being a failure because I didn't want to be me. That's, yeah. that's a fucking strong point, mate. Yeah, the, the last thing you want to be in the wrestling game is one of the guys who, at the end of their career, is bitter because they they went to the big promotion and they get fucked over and they just get left to fucking with you know just shrivel on the vine. That's you know that's that's the fucking worst. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with gaining money to uh, to be able to afford your family and be able to give your family a great life. But right yeah. now I'm at a point like, sure, I want to have children right now, but I have me and my my girl. Like, and it's us versus the world. Like, we both want to be successful. We're not to the point where we can have children and give that child all of our time. Because when we have a child, we want to give it everything. And that's why, like, yeah. I will continue to bet on myself. I'll continue to bet on her. And we'll continue to keep killing it around the world, like, making our legacies profound. Yeah, and the hustle is exciting as well. And I mean, this is the thing. The hustle is the exciting part. It's, you know, getting the regular paycheck is nice. But the hustle, if you're making the money, is exciting. Money isn't everything at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, but listen, this is it's, it's interesting, right? So the, the guys that get released a couple of months ago, it will be interesting to see how many guys that will look at what Drew done, what you done, Sammy, and then the guys that will go, right, fuck, I'm just going to you know, stick the same. I'm going to come out to the fucking same music at shows. I'm going to, st- yep. I'm going to stay the complete character. It'll be interesting to see who's got the passion and the desire to go, fuck this, man, I'm going to make a name for myself. And you, and you see that all the time. Like over the past 10 years, guys have gotten released. You're either successful because you change and continue to get better or you stay complacent, use the same music, do the same shtick on every show and you get booked on a couple of mom and pop show for a, a bigger payday than some of the more uh, well-known indies. Or you but the problem is that stops. That stops fast. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. And that's on you. Like you, you either bet on yourself or you do – what you're told to do and uh, you, you fail and then you get out of the wrestling business. There's a reason that I've been able to afford my entire life because of professional wrestling. It's because I give my all to it. And the biggest thing I tell people that are getting into wrestling, go, Oh, what's your biggest piece of advice? I said, you're only going to be successful and get out of wrestling. What you put into wrestling. If you don't give your all to wrestling, like don't do it. Like it, it's just going to be a hobby at that point. If you want to be a hobbyist, like that's fine. But you're going to have to work another job and do another life. And then at some point you're like, oh, well, I, I got to kind of step away from wrestling. But I truly believe I'll have a job inside the world of professional wrestling the rest of my life. Right. Beautiful. And Sammy, just before we wrap this up, tell us again where we can catch your stuff. Tell us about your YouTube channels. Like just get it so we can get it into the listeners' Check out heads. my social media, Twitter, at the Sammy Callahan. Instagram, at Official Callahan. Check me out on Twitch. I'm doing a lot of live streams now. Uh, twitch.tv slash 
real Sammy Callahan. Also check out my promotion. Uh, we've had a bunch of dope matches, a bunch of guys. I feel like we've helped put on the map with the wrestling revolver, all social media accounts at PW revolver and our website, pro wrestling revolver.com. Thanks so much, Sammy. That was amazing, Sammy. Thanks very much for this. I really appreciate it. No, anytime. Gredo, it's been a pleasure. What a great show this is. Uh, Please rate, review and subscribe on Apple or get us wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, we now go twice a week, so you can catch us on a Friday, me and Gredo, and you can get the Marks podcast on a Tuesday, who this week got a couple of questions in with Charlotte Flair. See, they're good at that, aren't they? Yeah, they're good at they're doing well, well but, I mean, we fly, what did you say, you fly at the coast tail? You ride the coast tail or something, was it we say, Chase? Either way, I mean, the likes of Sam McCarran, we got him about fucking 10 minutes before the podcast started. That's the way we go, do you know what I mean? They've obviously got a big system. Yeah, they've, they? they've, got they've got their contacts and shit like that. They've got a strategy, they've got a strategy. I, you know, I can feel a, a brand was kicking off within. I know, but I would walk by whoever does the Mark's podcast in the street, would you know? <laughs> Also remember to get on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft to check out the video version. Why not buy yourself a t-shirt? I told you that before. Shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. Everybody, thanks so much for listening. And Gredo, I am away to my bed, man. You're away. Out of the road. I'm away up the road. It's yourself. It's everybody, yourself. stay you, you. safe out there. Producer John, lovely to see you. Everybody, stay safe out there. See get on our guys. Patreon. We really need your financial help. We're fucked. Audio Frontier.